Hi, everybody. My name is Rob Scott from UC Today, and welcome to another monthly edition of our Microsoft Teams news update. A uh, big shout out to Ribbon Communications for sponsoring today's update. Uh, but meanwhile, I'm joined by Tom Abuthnot, UC Solutions Architect, Microsoft Certified Master and MVP. Welcome, Tom. How are you again today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, still, uh, still living the lockdown dream and uh, pretty used to it now, but things are good. Mate, I've got hair coming out my head that I have no idea where, I, where where these colors are coming from and recently I learned to bake bread so uh, you know it, the lockdown life is uh, it's, it's kind of good and bad in many ways but uh, hopefully we'll be out of it very soon yeah uh, Tom uh, another update we've got loads to get through again uh, Microsoft don't seem to have taken any time out recently uh, so how about we jump into uh, you know the content for or the updates for for this month's uh, news update. Uh, the first one on the list I've got is Microsoft that uh, their policy-based recording API just been released. Yeah, this is really really big news. So this is um, what would you probably refer to more in the industry as compliance recording. So Microsoft called it policy-based. I think because the compliance word can mean different things in different areas, but it is recording of uh, screen sharing, video and voice in Teams calls or Teams meetings. And this is a, a really important one for specific verticals that need this for compliance reasons. Yeah, so in, in terms of what does that open the door to? I mean, a number of vendors kind of jumping on that kind of bandwagon now to, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's an API. So that means you need a another thing to collect the data. And there are seven certified vendors. So there's uh, ASC Technologies, Audio Codes, Call Cabinet, Nice, Mnemonics, Redbox, Verint. Um, and for those in the industry, those are some of the really big players in this space that do other platforms as well, your Cisco's and your Avias. So first party tier one compliance products will now be able to bring in those those teams compliance recordings. Great stuff. And it's worth mentioning, we had a special session yesterday, didn't we, with Phil Fry, who's the VP of product strategy at Verint, to talk about this very subject. Yeah, it was really good, actually. I guess that's out imminently and we can cross link. But yeah, Phil sent us a bit of time to talk through the, the industry requirements of it and what Verint are doing with it. And they're definitely one of the right up there tier one players in this space. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I mentioned it yesterday, but it it really provides a full, fat, proper compliant offering now, doesn't it, on Microsoft Teams across all interaction types, whether you're messaging or recording voice or video, the, the job lot. Yeah, and it's become really important with the, the, the COVID stuff going on, obviously, lots of lots of compliance products and, and traditional platforms would work on kind of tapping the line or having a VLAN. That's great when you're in the office on a physical phone that's dual streaming the stream or you're tapping the, the network. But when everybody's working from home or working remote or working on iPads or mobiles or whatever, that doesn't work. So because this is service side, it works with any team's endpoint anywhere. It's happening in the cloud as opposed to happening on the endpoint. So for lots of people who've suddenly gone to remote working, this is a way to have compliance recording for those users. Yeah, absolutely. So do do make sure you tune into that uh, particular focus session with Verint. It's really good, uh, and you know, lots of great uh, information on on how to be compliant with with Microsoft Teams. Um, next up on my list was, you know, and I've seen quite a lot circulating on social media this week. Uh, news from Build. What's happening? Yeah. So Build is the big Microsoft show for developers, uh, usually an in-person show, tens of thousands of people, uh, obviously all virtual this year. So um, it felt like a bit of a 
a giant advert for Microsoft Teams in some ways because all the really important people at Microsoft are just doing sessions from their houses. So it's quite interesting to tune in and see some of the people we know in different product teams. It gave it a whole different feel. Um, Teams was obviously high on the list. Uh, there's lots of stuff around Teams. Mainly, this is a developer show. So mainly it's about making apps and app integrations easier. Um, so just to rattle some things off, and there's a really good Microsoft place we can link to. Uh, they've added some new bot templates. So if you're creating bots for your apps, single sign-on for apps, meaning that if you bring your app into Teams, it will use your AD sign-on to just seamlessly sign in. So you don't need that double sign-in. Um, pop out for apps. So this is interesting. Teams is the hub for teamwork. Bringing your apps into Teams is what Microsoft wants you to do to kind of have a, a single pane of glass to do all these things. But actually, when you're working a lot, you want to be able to bring those apps onto a second screen or a third screen. So you better pop those apps out, still part of Teams, but as a separate window and have them on a different screen. Um, there's a third party, third party subscription store coming, which is interesting. So a way to control like you buy a another thing through Teams, you can run your subscriptions through Teams, which is interesting. Um, and then a bunch of stuff around Microsoft Power Platform, Power BI, all that stuff. And that's more aimed at um, citizen developer or in-house organization developers as well. So using the Power Platform, Power BI, Power Apps to build line of business processes right on Microsoft's platform in Teams, basically. Great stuff. And also there's um, Microsoft Lists, isn't it? That's been released and that's, that's available in Teams as well. Do you know much yeah. about it? Yeah, so it's a relatively uh, new thing. It's another way of kind of bringing your workflows into Microsoft Teams. So it's kind of like a, a SharePoint lists style, but in Teams native. Uh, yeah, it got quite a lot of buzz around it, actually, when it was released. So that should be interesting. And that Microsoft, more and more, you're seeing with tasks and, and planner, they're bringing all this stuff together. So again, Teams becomes your hub for organizing your project, having your actions, being chased by bots on your actions, that kind of thing. Well, when I open up Office 365 nowadays, there's so many applications within the suite now. I, I almost kind of feel a bit overwhelmed. And when Microsoft Lists was announced, uh, or I saw it on the Newswire this week, I was thinking, well, what is it? I was trying to try to understand, is it, is it a task list? Is it a planner? You know, I, could you help define it a little bit more for me? Yeah, I mean, it's tough with Microsoft because they do give overlapping options all the time. So they have rather than having a top-down authoritative this is the plan they let projects spike and see how they go because they're hitting you've got to remember their their kind of corporate mission is empowering the entire world so what's one person's planner is somebody else's list is somebody else's you know to do uh, so so you're not you're not confused because it's not confusing like there is definitely overlap in these abilities right. uh, and it's just a case of thinking about your business use case and, and playing with these things to be honest as to which one might fit you yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be released into our uh, Office 365 portal so I can have a play. Yeah, see, if, you're, if you're waiting for one answer from Microsoft on how to do things, you're, you're going to be waiting a long time. It's a, it's a case <laughs> of uh, thinking about, you're kind of going in reverse, like what am I trying to achieve and then mapping that to the different options. Um, but yeah. it's an ever-evolving thing. Yeah, and bringing all that together into a single pane of glass, great value there. And, being, yeah. and I know what they mean by being able to pop out. So if you want to be able to focus in on something on a separate screen, then you know, great value there as well. Definitely. The last one on that list, just before we jump off it as well, is mobile features coming into third party apps. So mics and cameras on mobile devices being able to be pushed through the Teams app to the third party apps. That opens up some really interesting line of business potential as well, where a third party app 
can be, you know, say you're in a, a retail environment and you need to report a, a point of sale issue or something, you've got your line of business app to do that, but you can run that app in Teams, get to the camera, get to the mic, and all that data is secure. So it's not your third party camera and your third party camera role going to Apple or Google, it's in app, straight in Teams and, and through to your line of business. Uh, interesting. Well, there's something else big happened recently. So I really want to focus in on this one for a few minutes, which is Microsoft's recent acquisitions. And they made a big one very, very recently, which is the Metaswitch acquisition, uh, a UK uh, British business um, that's very much kind of in the uh, service provider space They with 5G and uh, UCAS. Uh, you know, what's your perspective of that acquisition? Yeah, again, this created a lot of buzz in the industry because it's it's a UCAS vendor that Microsoft acquired. So it jumps to some immediate questions. Um, not even that, but they're also certified for Microsoft Teams as a session border controller. So immediately you're thinking, well, what could Microsoft do with that? Um, so so MedSwitch, for those that don't know, so it's, it's a UK company, there's something like 900 telcos use it, 180 million revenue, 66% in the US, so it kind of weighted towards the US, so serious player. Um, and, and before this, Microsoft uh, acquired a firm called um, a firm Network, so again, similar type of technologies. Um, fr from, from what I can see from the announcements of what I've heard, it's really more about 5G and Azure growth. So even though they're a Microsoft certified SBC, I don't think that's the primary reason for acquisition at all. It's about the massive growth in 5G and Microsoft wanting to be the Azure cloud for potentially for service providers to have compute on, for edge computing, all that kind of thing. Um, so I think we'll we'll see more from that, but I don't think it's anything about Microsoft suddenly becoming like more of a carrier than they already are or trying to push more i think it's more about them being able to provide 5g carrier services to carriers with their tech yeah i tend to agree there's quite a lot in the meta switch portfolio uh but i imagine so there's some great ip some great skills and technology in there that they can utilize you know within microsoft teams and outside of microsoft teams so uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out uh you know i know um you know that the PBX element or the phone system element of Microsoft Teams, uh, you know, it just seems to have slowed down a little bit recently on, on in terms of um, features uh, and, and development. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the, the, the carrier thing is definitely, so Microsoft calling plans and having carrier first services from Microsoft has undoubtedly slowed down. Like, I mean, we haven't had a new country in well over a year. I think all it's all guns on direct routing, bring your own carrier, let's let the, the carriers deal with that, which is good for the carriers. Um, and yeah, phone system, I think more and more will be be the, the focus, particularly things like compliance recording, open it up to a whole bunch more phone opportunities as well. Mm, yeah, certainly be interesting to see whether Microsoft decide to do anything with uh, MetaSwitch Max uh, and whether they bring that into the, the stack as well. So yeah, so one to watch there, but big news uh, on the Microsoft acquisition front. Next off, we're going to go off on a tangent and talk about GIFs. So tell us about your perspective on uh, the recent kind of uh, acquisition by Facebook of Giphy. Yeah, this is really interesting. So I, I really like GIFs. I, I have a constant battle with uh, our internal IT and various customers about like, you know, 
Giphy is a third-party service where people can generate their own user content and it pulls it directly into Teams. So everybody knows this, that he's using a modern messaging platform, WhatsApp, Messenger, and every platform pretty much has Giphy. Um, Snapchat, TikTok, Slack, Twitter. Anytime you can insert those uh, animated images with slogans and whatever, um, that's usually Giphy on the back end. And they create this great API so all the third parties use it. Um, I, I think it adds a lot of uh, kind of humanization to communications, but there is a an alternate consideration, which is if you're if it's native in the application, you know, and somebody uses it inappropriately, is that the organization's fault because they provided it? Uh, I, I would always say, well, you provide them with a browser and the internet, so it's down to them to be sensible about how they communicate. Um, but another another thing came up on this uh, a few days ago. Facebook bought Giphy. Uh, and obviously, lots of people have lots of opinions about Facebook and, you know, do, do they do they want the data? What are they going to do with the data? All that kind of stuff. So it gave an immediate uprising to like, let's disable Giphy because Facebook have got it. Um, I don't know what your your thoughts are around around that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And you told me you saw a massive spike in interest on on, on your blog uh, on this particular topic. And I, I do find it quite interesting because if you think, well, hang on, Facebook now own Giphy, which bakes itself into all these major collaboration platforms. Uh, that's quite an interesting hook, isn't it? And you think, well, hmm, are all the providers like Microsoft uh, going to be uh, comfortable with that, uh, you know, sharing that data? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, you never know yeah. what Facebook are going to do, but they're certainly going to extract every possible bit of data out of the yeah and it does give them some more signals of like well which ones are popular what topics but i saw some people saying they could use it for sponsor posts so i mean they they spent something like uh, 400 million dollars so they obviously have a plan but data to them is everything um but but then like the immediate response was well let's disable it i'm like well do you block facebook at work no right so like you're disabling a feature that people like in your messaging platform and they've probably got facebook open in a browser and facebook can do infinitely more tracking with cookies and browsers than they can with an image loading from a remote url so i i think the reaction is a bit overblown to disable it because the other thing yeah. is you're just going to drive people back to any other platform that has the fun stuff so i think that there's a conversation to be had and it depends what vertically you're in and who you are and your appetite for risk but my reaction would be they, they're not getting any new data unless you actively block Facebook on your desktop and mobile devices, then maybe you've got a point. Um, but otherwise, I think it's one of those things where we'll see how it plays out. But I don't think it's a reason to disable Giphy in Teams for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We, we don't want to be going back in time just because Facebook now own that platform. But it does. I mean, I don't know much about Giphy, the business, but, you know, if I was the number one GIF platform in the world, I probably, you know, I, I would have seen it on a little bit longer than this because it just seems to kind of sell out to Facebook at, the, at this early stage, kind of kind of potentially undoes some of its effectiveness. But so I don't know. Um, I think we'll leave that to the comments. You know, if you've got a comment on on the Giphy acquisition, you know, please drop us a, a you know a comment in the box. Uh, quite an interesting topic. You know, please share your opinion. Anyway, next up on our list, uh, Tom, we said we'd talk about network device interface uh, support for Teams and Skype TX interoperability. Uh, Easy for you to say. 
Yeah, that was far <laughs> mouthful. Yeah, that. this is this is a bit niche, but uh, super interesting for 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 me and us. Uh, so one of the things you can do with Skype and with other conferencing platforms is take the individual video streams and dynamically relay them out. So things like OBS, Wirecast, XSplit, and this used to be the realm of high-end TV production. So Skype TX is a platform for like TV broadcasters or high-end broadcasters to take Skype feeds in, tune them. So whenever you see like Skype on the news, they're probably running it through this kind of service and platform to be able to play with the layouts and have their overlays and stuff. Um, but over the last few years with the rise of, of YouTube and everything else, you see lots of that production just on YouTube and, and kind of the next tier down of video producers. So we record the podcast on Teams. We take the recording from stream, we pull it down, but Teams controls the layout. Um, whereas in this model, you could potentially take it into live streams. You could you could define the layout exactly as you want. You could have two people big, two people small. So this will give us an ability to take those streams and, and do more more clever things around layouts, overlays, live events, uh, that kind of thing. Great stuff. So that's quite a nice feature as well, isn't it? I mean, so in terms of uh, kind of rounding this uh, this session up today, I, I wanted to touch on events as well um, because there's you know, all events this year have been cancelled or postponed in some way and disrupted. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a bit of a moving target, but we've been monitoring the, the events quite closely. But Microsoft's events have all gone virtual now, haven't they, I believe? Yep. Yeah. So so everything's gone virtual for quite a while, at least I think until the end of this calendar year, officially everything's virtual. So build was all virtual, um, but also like community events are just springing up left, right and centre. So uh, there's there's weirdly like more virtual content or maybe not weirdly but there's more virtual content because all the first party events are going virtual and all the community events are virtual as well so plenty out there at the moment yeah absolutely it's like an almost yeah just an explosion of virtual events uh and loads of digital content to consume uh one event that stands out for me um which is right in the middle of the microsoft teams conversation is commsverse which uh, they were due to debut this year uh you know, in the UK, I was speaking to Mark Vale yesterday and, you know, he's had to really kind of turn the whole event around uh, before launching the live event and, and kind of take it virtually now. Um, but he seems to have grown the event, you know, and, and it seems to be kind of even greater kind of amounts of people and content get, you know, involved in the event. So, um You've got something that you, you were going to mention around the uh, Commsverse event. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. So so uh, Mark and the Commsverse team have got Jeff Tepper talking, who's the CVP of M365 Collapse, so really, really senior in Microsoft, uh, coming to keynote at a community event. And I'm seeing more, this is more of a trend that the important people at vendors are coming to community events to reach people as well as doing the first party events. So uh, you, you, you're getting really serious content at these community events now. I think it's, it's, it's great. It's great to see the vendors take these events seriously. Yeah, it's, it's good to have Jeff involved in an event like that as well. It's, it's a great coup for, for Commsverse and Mark uh, and all the effort they're going to to kind of build this event. So uh, I'll, I believe you're speaking at Commsverse. Uh, yep, I am yep. too. Well, I'm certainly hosting a session at least. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm doing something on uh, governance and, and best practices. So uh, yeah, if you're into your team's governance, that'll be one to watch out for. 
<laughs> Great stuff. Well, there is a really good lineup for Commsverse, so a big shout out for that event. Do jump on to commsverse.com uh, and have a look at the lineup. But uh, yes, it's still on, it's going virtual and uh, set to be a, a really good Microsoft Teams event. So, Tom, uh, it's always been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks again once for joining me today. Uh, a big shout out to everyone for watching. Thank you. Uh, if you'd like the, you know, today's news update, please give us a quick like or a share on social. It's always appreciated. Uh, but for now, uh, thanks very much for watching. If you do want to get more, more information about Microsoft Teams, do jump on Tom's blog uh, at tomtalks.blog or come back next month for another news update. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you. <laughs>